This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. My name is Adam Jabber. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast, and we have two excellent episodes for you today. We have Stephen Nyman, who is a decorated Alpine racer. We also have Darren Ralves, who uh, I wins everything, um, and it's amazing. Uh, I talked to him before Red Bull Raid, uh, which is one of the craziest events. If you're not familiar, go to Red Bull's website uh, and watch what happened at Raid. Uh, it's very cool. Basically, it's like a combination of skinning uphill and sending it downhill um at palisades so check that out it's actually really funny darren uh claims where he's gonna land in the overall seating of this event and there's some senders in this event darren's not a young guy i mean he skis like the youngest guy but it's crazy to hear him talk about like what he does what he skis and he also tells some great stories he talks about his experience with shane mcconkey he talks about all the races that he's done. He talks about all the competitions he's done. I mean, this was like, this was a great interview. I had a really great time. And then we shift gears to Steven Nyman. Steven Nyman obviously has been part of Team USA for a long time. He is uh, the most jacked ski racer that I am aware of. Um, we talk about that a little bit. We talk about balancing a family uh, with a full-time career. Uh, we talk about Tom Brady and how... <laughs> How much that has impacted his thought process on uh, on retiring at any point soon, um, and hint hint, he has no intention of like of retiring anytime soon. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. And I mean, if you look at that guy, like, how could you be surprised? Like, he's the dude shredded. It's like it sounds like I have a crush on him, but I promise I don't have a crush on him. He's well, I do. He's cool. Um, the audio is a little. It, it's not even bad on this one. It's actually pretty good, but he's like running around the house, like doing errands, also like taking care of his kids, like putting on bubble guppies and getting his daughter snacks and the whole night. It's hilarious. Like it is amazing to see him in his element. And he also calls me out for not asking the din setting question. Uh, and his din setting, which is at the end of the episode will absolutely alarm you. Like it is, <laughs> it is, it's just, it's high. Um, like combinations of dins of regular binding dins high. Um, so I hope you enjoy both of these episodes. I'm going to quit rambling for now um, on this particular topic, but we're going to ramble on some other things. Uh, obviously we have new merch. We have new stickers. Uh, all the stuff is getting updated on the site. We have new hats dropping next week. Um, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, the 29th or whatever date tomorrow is or today is, um, we'll have merch next week or at the end of this week. That is fire like that you have to get um if you haven't checked it out yet mola hoods also did a collab with us uh with some of the best sweatpants that you could ever buy go get some of those they're rad i live in those things now so does ethan ethan like sleeps in the full lounge set on a regular basis so if you're wondering what ethan sleeps in that is what he sleeps in as a mola hoods full kit um enough about that kind of stuff we have two wonderful sponsors for today. One of them is Sawatch Hemp. Sawatch Hemp, you might remember if you're an early early listener to the show, uh, they make the best CBD products that are out on the market. 
including the brand new Sawatch Sticks, which the branding is amazing. It is basically a hemp rolled CBD cigarette. I use a cigarette, like the term cigarette lightly, but I think the only reason that it resembles a cigarette is because it comes in a fun little carton. They look like cigs. They don't taste like cigs, but they're healthy. Like they are like, it's CBD. It's going right to you. Um, so if you're into CBD products, check out the Sawatch sticks. You can also check out the salves, which are like the rub on things. And let me tell you, put that stuff on before a sauna. It, it, it'll change your life. So just keep that in mind. Um, Visit www.sawatch.co uh, and use promo code out of bounds to uh, save 15% on your purchase. Um, so go get that. Uh, we also have the wonderful people at Cannon Mountain. Um, this is their final ad read of the year. We just spent the weekend there and there's no place better than Cannon. That's a community. That's the place is, it's got a cult following, but um, for a good reason. The skiing is, is incredible steep it's fun it's always a good time and it's just beautiful like just standing on that mountain like looking around it's one of the most scenic resorts or mountains that there is in new england um so if you really want to test your skiing ability go ski cannon it's 59 dollars to get a lift ticket for the rest of the year so go do that it's like it's a complete no-brainer go ski cannon um and with that let's jump into the episode with Darren Ralphs, and then with Stephen Nyman. Um, one last thing, leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever we're calling these things these days. Um, helps us grow the show, helps people find us. That's how the algorithm works. Um, and we'll talk to you guys sooner than later. Darren, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, hey, everybody. Uh, Darren Ralphs here. I live in Truckee, California, which is uh, Lake Tahoe. Um, grew up as a skier, got into ski racing and made the U S ski team at 19 years old, was on the world cup, raced four Olympics, world championship, like five world championships, um, super D world champion. They got a silver medal and, and bronze medal also the worlds and downhill and GS. So I had, I was like a three event skier, but my primary focus was downhill um i just like the speeds the challenge um it's pretty much the ultimate in racing in my eyes so yeah you know i had a uh i had a sponsor that was asking like my contract was up and asking kind of what my ambitions and goals were in, in ski racing it was kind of early part of my career i just had my first olympics in 98 i was seventh in the super g there and and i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna you know get into downhill racing a little more and and start you know just hitting the whole circuit and and he was like nah like you don't have what it takes you're you're too small you're not built like a downhiller like focus on gs and super g and and um you know i ended up switching brands the next year and and won two world cup downhills the next season so (laughs) i I think it kind of lit a fire underneath me a little bit more and you know i was definitely at a disadvantage to some of the bigger guys i was you know coming into the season like 185 pounds um five nine and competing against bigger guys or you know 220 plus and yeah. gliding and and the long kind of like drawn out turns that's where you know weight makes a difference but the yeah. way i was looking at it was like okay i gotta be better in aerodynamics i really gotta be a lot better in the turning you know uh with you know, the turning aspects and 
And then just looking at like transitions, like I need to come in like really hot and fast in pitches in the, in the flats. And, you know, I just, I was trying to figure out all the different ways that I could, I could build off my strengths and, and, and improve my weaknesses. And I would jump on the test track with atomic guys and, and, uh, you know, more than any other athlete out there, just figuring like, Hey, I need to figure this stuff out. And I think that's kind of what would allow me to be competitive and downhill. So, you know, my career went, uh, till 2006 in ski racing. And I just decided that, you know, I wanted to try something different. My wife and I went to have kids as well and start a family. And I got into ski cross and won X games in 2008 and went to 2010 Olympics and then started filming, um, with, you know, Matt stick and TGR and rage films and Warren Miller. And so I've had a really cool experience with, with the, this, I guess, skiing, I mean, a lot of different disciplines and, and then coming up, uh, I mean, I do one competition a year and coming up is this Red Bull raid that I was help, helping put together, like brainstorm an idea of a cool event um, with Red Bull and happens to be at my home resort in Palisades, Tahoe, which is formerly known as Squaw Valley. And um, that's tomorrow. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So let's, we're going to talk about the event for sure. We'll kind of leave that till um, closer to the end there. I, there's a lot to digest there, obviously. Um Apparently, you're a very competitive person. I mean, you're a legend. You've been around for a minute now. And, like, can I just ask what what made you want to switch it up and go to so many different disciplines of skiing, right? Because you're you're kind of chasing all aspects, right, from the film side to the race side to ski cross. So what, what made you want to do that? You know, I just felt like, uh, I mean, bottom line, I'm a skier. And it was, I mean, I was, I committed and I dedicated myself to be a ski racer for a long time. And I experienced some amazing feelings, uh, race on the world cup as an American or us, you know, kid growing up, you have no idea what it's like in, at that level in the world cup, um, over in Switzerland or Austria. And, and I was just thriving off that stuff. I loving it, but you know, I just it was almost like been there, done that. I don't want to, get pushed out of the career of my ski racing career by an injury or just not com- being not competitive. I want to go out feeling on top of the world and having great, um, you know, great feelings on the, on the race hill. But so I just, I called it quits at the beginning of the season in Beaver Creek at birds of prey, the world cup uh, press conference before mm-hmm. the racing started. And then everybody's kind of like laughing at me, like, there's no way, like, how can you say that right now? And, it all depends on how this year goes. I'm like, well, I want to make every moment count, every weekend count, every race count, and and um, then I'm done. And I, it put some pressure on myself, but to, to really step up. But I had one of my best seasons. I won Beaver Creek, won Bormio, won Vangen, which is a huge yep. accomplishment for me, the Lauberhorn. And then, uh, you know, third in Kitzbühel. And so I was like on a tear, and I had a great season, minus the Olympic Games. There's some crazy stuff happened there, but, um, you know, I, uh, I just want to dip into other aspects and test myself and challenge myself in, you know, the realm of like, uh, I mean, anything kind of more to my style, really like racing, like, uh, was a big help into ski cross. And then on the big mountain side, like, you know, I'm not a skier out there throwing tricks, but I'm going to go 
fast and try and go big and take some chances and have some fun trying. I think it was, it was nice to get creative also because mm. in ski racing, you're just, you're jamming down a course that's, that's dictating where you got to go. But I was actually trying to get creative with lines and find out a way I could, how I could ski the course a little different than anybody else to be faster. But, um, you know, skiing big mountain, like you got to definitely, I mean, to me, it's like, how can you play with the train as much as possible? And that's what kind of has always, you know, fired me up and, and keeps me in the game still to this day. Like I love just skiing my home resort and trying to just find new things out there and ski it differently. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, I think this is a, like, this is something that's kind of been beat to death over, um, over the course of the years in the industry, but like ski racing gives you that like core background where you can kind of get like, you're a good skier everywhere. You're not just a ski racer. Right. I feel like everybody, there's two different camps, I think, right. It's, there's the people that acknowledge that that's a real thing and it helps you actually like learn how to ski everything in a certain sense. And then there's the other camp that's like ski racers don't want to ski pow. They don't want to go ski. Like they don't like skiing. They like ski racing. And I think like there's a big split. So uh, do you, which camp do you feel like you belong to? Like, do you, do you feel like that base from ski racing trend helped you translate into everything else a lot easier? Yeah. Uh, Adam, for sure. Like the camp I'm in, it would be that, uh, ski racing provides an incredible foundation for skiers. And, you know, it comes to especially big mountain or just skiing on the, you know, at any resort, like it gives you such good skills. Um, right. especially in steeps. I mean, when you're, a ski racer, you're you're about you're you're producing so much pressure on the skis and so much power and and if you um, follow your turnaround through your body, you know you swing through the turnaround through your body like we call it rotating. You're just gonna get smashed through your skis. And you saw that happen in the Olympics quite a bit this this, uh, mm-hmm. this year at Beijing where there's so many like bank turns and compressions. Yeah. Anytime anybody got kind of squared up with their skip tips or like pull, like uh, rotate too much, and these are like the most elite athletes out there, they're just getting smashed, you know, into the tails and making mistakes. And, and, um, if you ski something steep, if you do that same thing, you can be spinning around backwards and on your head. So, it's yeah. just, you know, I, I got really fortunate and lucky to, to actually drag my, uh, my boy, 14 year old son up to AK, um, last week we get, we saw a three day window and then ripped up there and with some friends and, skied at my buddy um reggie chris a former u.s ski team teammate of mine he's got this stellar venture travel like heli operation up there in haynes and we've got got some steep stuff and dre just having that background ski racing he handled it so well and and um that's the number one thing i was saying just keep your shoulders on the hill don't like finish this turn up i mean if you do in the steep stuff you're done and that's gonna be ugly tumble you know um right but it's, it's funny because there are a lot of ski racers that felt like soft snow and powder would ruin their feeling and disrupt right. their, their skiing skills. And I just laugh at that. Like, to me, <laughs> you got to be able to adapt, right? And it puts you, I mean, when you're challenged free skiing with balance and going through, like, all kinds of terrain and snow conditions, that helps you as a, an athlete. And uh, I remember we were snowed out one year in Kitzbühel. And I was trying to get a couple of different like, guys to go out on the team. No one wanted to go. Someone to rest. Some like, eh, <clears throat> not into it. And Thomas Vaughn, L- Lindsey Vaughn's, you know, uh, husband, former husband, 
he was like, no way, man. That's going to ruin my feeling for, you know, race day. I'm like, you're crazy. I'm out of here. So I went up there and, and I bumped into Didier Kush. And I mean, a serious competitor of mine. And, and um, we had a lot of one-twos swapping back and forth on the podiums together uh, in World Cup through the years. And, I mean, if no one knows, Didier Kush, is, he's, like, he's the all-time Kitzbühel winner. Five downhill wins in Kitzbühel to Hanukkah. And, he surpassed uh Klammer. But anyways, I see Kush out there. I'm like, what's up? You want to take some laps? Oh yeah. Um, where your where your Swiss buddies? He's like, teammates, like, ah, no one wanted to come ski. I'm like, same with me. He's like, you know what? That's why you and I kick ass here in the Kitzbühel, because they're real skiers. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I believe in that, you know. And like even guys like Marcel Herscher, eight time overall World Cup champ, like he would go to Canada and go free ski every spring he would uh i skied with him last year um a year ago in uh austria and he was he's so into like hiking and ski touring and, and ripping you know like just bigger you know lines and it's fun you know to see a guy that's like dedicated everything to ski racing to you know actually just love skiing and have that same passion and we had an awesome day and, and um yeah it's just I think the best skiers out there, I mean, are good free skiers. I think the one that doesn't free ski that blows me away, it's super good is Michaela. And look what she yeah. just won a downhill her, you know, another like Yeah, nearly clinch. Yeah. Yeah, and she clinched this morning. That's uh it's it's insane. I like and that's the thing, is like people always ask, like, okay, like how do you how do you balance that, right? And and people always kind of go at Lindsay Vaughn for for whatever reason they're like okay like it doesn't even seem like you like to ski powder and somebody said that to her on twitter and she like responded and was like you don't know shit like i absolutely <laughs> want to go ski pow but then she posted this photo like last week she's got like her super g skis out and she's like pow day and i'm like i don't know if that's the right <laughs> but who am i to say anything you know yeah like, i mean it's, it, it's, i mean she's she's an amazing skier like if you look at like any you know female racer like on her prime, I mean, she was just unbelievable. Just, yeah. I mean, not, you know, not to really compare this and that, but like, I mean, as close as you can, like, for a female to get to like, skiing like a guy, like one of the top yeah. guys, she was like that. Like, when she got late, she just stood on it and just laid in. I remember this one run of her and Cortina just blew me away. Like, wow, you know, make a huge mistake, just like laid into it the next two turns was just charging and still like crushes it. Like she wins and it's like, damn, like that's impressive. Just the confidence, you know, and, and she, she loves to ski and um, she's out there a lot, but I mean, her style of aura is to go up there and just, like you said, stand race skis and ripping <laughs> turns. Like it'd be interesting to see her, her go at uh, like Alaska, but like uh, Julie Mancuso, she's been right. up there and she's an incredible skier all around. And, and, um, you know, it's just, I just think it's, there's a time and place. I love still jumping on race skis and, and getting a run down a super D course or GS. Um, but you know, primary I'm, I'm just free skiing and, and, um, but like the mix, the mix is fun. It's still yeah. lots to do, but I did so much racing in the days. Like I want to do more free skiing now, but it's fun to go back and, and touch those race boards. Yeah, I, that was actually kind of my next question was like, do you feel a sense of burnout ever from skiing? Like, or does the switch in discipline kind of allow you to keep it fresh? 
it, it's totally like I never got burned out. I mean, even I when ski always, racing. Yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, sometimes I felt like I was getting a rut, you know, in ski racing and, and right. I'd go free ski to, to rebound. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, I want to, you know, I don't want, I don't want to ski anymore. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stop skiing. Or I felt like, you know, like I want to stop skiing. Like, no way. Like, I want to go out and my way to reboot and refresh was, was to go free ski. And, um, yeah, I just always felt like just being up on the mountains was felt good to me. And that's where I wanted to be. And, and that's, uh, that was a good way to reset. I mean, that's, that was actually a key factor in, in my first two big, like, uh, uh, World Cup wins was I was back home and skiing squaw with, with Molesley and McConkie. And chasing Shane around, I tell you, man, it was, I skied a whole different mountain. Like, I grew up skiing there, and I skied stuff that I never even thought about skiing. You know, Billy Goat and this and that had, had a blast, like, following him. We just followed Shane for two days, and and I went right over to Norway. I was, like, taking that fun vibe and energy, but, like, now I'm looking for speed and, and just being as clean and powerful as I can. And, and um you know just that right getting that right mojo is so important you know having that confidence that feeling no matter what you do but it translated for for me for sure from free skiing over to the racing yeah can you talk a little bit about what like what what it was like just being around shane and what kind of energy because everybody that kind of talks about shane talks about his energy and just the vibe that he put out when he was going skiing and obviously the level of skiing too um, can you just kind of speak to what that, what that experience was like? Yeah. I mean, he was definitely, I mean, most of the time you feel he's just goofing around and he's, he was always like, I mean, there's a lot of shenanigans for sure, you know, he's just, <laughs> and he just like, the energy was awesome. Like you feed off of it, you know, and he would elevate people around him and, and, um, just doing crazy f- funky stuff. And, and, um, we really didn't ski that much together because, I was right. always on the road and, and he was always, you know, do, on the road as well. And we spent more time hanging out in the summer than we did actually skiing together. Oh, really? there was those, those two days where it was just standout days for us in Tahoe. And, and, uh, he, I mean, we were both home and, and, um, this is two years after Mosley won the Olympic gold and, and the bumps. And so it was, it was a pretty, you know, sweet pack of guy, you know, like three of us the trio and it was a crew. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, just I was always used to just going fast and swooping down the mountain with big turns and you know hitting some like big knolls and some errors. But but Shane was just you know he was just picking it apart. And we were like stuff like I said, like I never skied before there after being there for so many years. But he was funny. He, he was super fun to be around and and um, made a huge impact on you know anybody who was around personally and and those that just saw him on films you know and so it was just uh we're, we're close with sherry his wife and and um ayla his daughter yep and so it's um there's actually the the uh shame mcconkey snowblade international snowblade day coming up oh yeah the pain, pain mcschlonky the pain mcschlonky i think international snow snowblade day yeah, <laughs> I think that's like March, like twenty six or something. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, just yeah, fun day to just goof off, and you should. I mean, it's I mean, it's crazy how many people show up and they're wearing funny costumes. Last year we had it, and they built like a, a kicker in this little spot, Enchanted Forest, we call it, and 
had a big speaker there. It was just basically like a Burning Man on snow. <laughs> yeah. It, That's was, amazing. it was just lasted all afternoon. And, and, uh, <laughs> it, it was just this stuff that was going on, like people skiing the fingers, just going, you know, through my on blades. On blades. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. But just like yeah. his, his legacy lives on. And then we're all like, I think it really, it's, it's a sweet impact, you know, still. And, and plus, it, it was, you know, he was, wasn't all about, you know, screwing around and, and, um, you know, making jokes. I mean, he was seriously like, you know, um, a, a true like environmentalist, you know, just the impact that we all have. And I think it's pretty awesome to see what Sherry's doing to carry on that, that legacy and, and do something that was really close to his heart, just like with sustainability and, and just doing, just passing on this education, to these young kids growing up and how we're going to make a change with climate and, and just, you know, keeping our, our earth beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And actually like I met her when I was out there last month in person for the first time we chatted kind of over the email and stuff like that. But uh, she's like, what a gem of a human being. Sherry McConkey is like, she's, she's great. Oh yeah. And just, but yeah, she is great. And, and um, you know, we have such a good community that loves them so much. And, and, you know, it's, it's just great to see her carry on Shane's, legacy and and uh with the community support for sure for sure um well can i talk to you a little bit about like palisades obviously just had a name change it's kind of old, old news at this point but can i ask you like as somebody who's connected with that mountain like was there was that a big deal locally like it seemed like it made a lot of it made a lot of headlines and it seemed like it kind of stirred up a bunch of a bunch of noise and I don't know if it's warranted, unwarranted. And I kind of wonder if people have a, like, I don't know, a feeling one way or the other locally within that community. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely warranted. I mean, when you have a ski resort, that's been so iconic and in many ways, with 1960 Olympics and just, uh, just all the insane athletes that come out of this, this area. And plus like everyday skiers are, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I mean, full-blown chargers, like just everyday skiers. And, and there's guys that don't miss a day on the mountain, right? And, and you, uh, you're used to this name, Squaw Valley. And, and um, you know, I always thought it wasn't – I thought it was just an affectionate name, actually, for Native American, you know, uh, girls. But, like, a lot of us like, didn't even know it was a derogatory name. And, and the Washoe tribe has been, I guess, pushing on – on squaw for years trying to change the name and and i think that's just one thing if it's to me it's like this day and age i mean it's we're always so many people are trying to make the right calls and speak the right way and and so many names have been changed it's kind of sad in a way losing the history of it but it's the same place it has the same terrain i've accepted it i mean i talk to a lot of my local buddies and we still you know naturally say squaw but you know, doing our best to try and change the name or just how we talk about the Palisades. And, but, you know, I just skied Palisades the other day for the first time this year and it was pretty damn awesome. And there's some East Coasters really? out there. There's three guys from the East Coast and we didn't know until afterwards, but we hiked up there. Tom Day, who films for Warren Miller, and he was in the Warren Miller films back in the day. He, he's like just local legend. Um, and then J Mac, uh, ski patroller, 
or um, Squaw or Palisade, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> he like, let's go up there. He's opening it up. Let's go for, for a hike. We went up there and we nailed one run and right in the center, on main, main shoot. And, and then that was so good. Let's go back up there again. And we get there a second lap and those same three guys are still sitting up there waiting. <laughs> and uh no we, shit. we drop again and then like like we're like oh those guys are starting to think too much right one guy comes down sticks it screaming like top of his lungs so fired up just <laughs> like throw like throwing the claim out there and this and that and his next buddy comes down next buddy comes down and they're first like first time to, to tahoe the uh from the east coast i didn't catch where exactly i think mass somewhere yeah, um, they're playing the game of NAR also, <laughs> which is I just love it. You know, like they were just soaking up and just trying to go all over the place. But it was funny. I wasn't thinking about it. I got to the top of the chimney and they're up there for first run. I had to take a leak. And so I got up to the side and I hear him like, oh, he's claiming he's claiming points right now. Points. <laughs> like, what are these guys talking about? And, uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, I love that. Yeah, it was just fun. Yeah, I just love seeing others like experience that stuff. And I think a lot, you know, I've, I've loved to experience those, you know, emotions of just being gripped a little bit and still do a little bit with some, you know, some time skiing here in Alaska and, and jumping some competitions. But, but, um, it's fun to see others like just really experience that same sort of feeling. And I, yep. we, we hung out a little bit at the bottom and giving these guys props and they're all fired up and, and, um, yeah, it was, it was a blast that day, but the name is, is there's definitely some people like, I will never call it Palisades. It's always gonna be squad to me. And there's some that have accepted it. The local vibe is definitely misses, you know, the old name, but right. I guess it's, you know, just doing the right thing and respecting others. I mean, it's a nice thing to respect all that's in this world and, and we make changes for, you know, for that reason. So, yeah, for sure. S- suck so it up. And, all over and, outside uh, and somebody just brought no him in. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I missed that, Adam. I just, yeah, somebody just, my skis just flew over because it's fucking windy as shit here. And somebody <laughs> just brought him over and I'm just like, oh, great. <laughs> that's See? the downside yeah. of recording in a car other skiers looking out for you i love it the jay community is wonderful that's like and that's a thing that like it's very few east coast mountains kind of have the community that jay does and i think that kind of translates to what palisades has right like i was there like i told you about a month ago or something like that and it was like bulletproof but everybody is still sending it everybody's still hanging out and just kind of trying to have a good time and and that part i think doesn't necessarily change with the name right like that part is just part of the culture in Tahoe. It is, yeah. I mean, that's always going to be like that. And there's always going to be, you know, people showing up, charging, loving it, having a, with the best day yet, right? And um, and at the end of the day, like, you're going to have some hardcores who are, like, not going to, like, call it by its new name. But, but that's, you know, um, that's like, you said, it, like, you have to, like, for me personally and a lot of friends I'm with, we have to, like, work on spitting out the new name. Yeah, it's just not natural, right? But, For sure, it's it's completely valid. It if takes you get a, a chance too, I mean, talking about some history, there's a film that came out that we all watched. It's called Magic in the Mountains. Okay, and it's, and it's about the basically the um, the way you know Squaw was formed and, and everything coming together with the Paulson family and Alice Cushing and 
bring the Olympics there. And it was pretty awesome. Like, you know, just film on the history of, of the Valley and, and how it all came to be. So, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. I, one of the things that we're actually like supposed to be talking about here too, is an event that's going on, like you said, tomorrow, Red Bull raid. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your take on the event. Like, first of all, explain to people what the event is, what the idea is. Um, and then we can kind of go into some stuff about it because I think the setup is, is incredible. Yeah. Well, Red Bull raid is a new event. Um, it's, so it's, uh, this is the third event coming up tomorrow. And, um, it's basically a backcountry style competition. So there's a skin it all starts off like skinning up, earning your terms like you in the back and your bits a race, you know. So first one that gets to the top scores 100 points down the line, 99, 98 as for second, third. Um, it involves definitely some skill, just like slapping the skins on your skis correctly and making the transition and, and the strength and endurance. It's not very long. I think it's, uh, I don't even want to say I'm vertical, but maybe like something like 700 maybe a little more plus feet vertical, yep. but it's, it's steep and it's going to, you know, it's going to be a grind and you're going to be fully maxed on that. And then you got to turn around and, and ski a worthy like free, free ride, big mountain line down. That's judged by a panel of three um, notable judges. One being, I know it's uh, Sammy Lubke, three time okay. free ride world tour snowboarder. Yep. Um, Mike LaRoche, long time, like, you know, um, guy in the industry and free skier. And then they had Amy Ingerbretts in the past. I don't know if she's going to be around, but for females, but they'll have a female judge as well, but their three scores are averaged and give you a, a line score. So it's all based on what free ride to be, um, style line and control. And, um, so it's actually styles 40 points and a line and control are 30 points each for a max of a hundred. And then you got to do it a second time. So you do the first round, you got to get into the finals and do a second time. So there's two ups, two downs for the overall you know, event score. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and it's, it's, I just, it was cool because I was part of the team to brainstorm this idea and with the Red Bull guys and just trying to bring something that's a little different. Um, you know, the Rebels always looking for something that's a standout event and, and Tesla skills and has an element of they like endurance events, which I'd say this is definitely an endurance event. Cause you got four parts, you know, but especially right. the uphill and then some flair, you know, some, some, uh, some speed and style. And that's what uh, I'm going to see in the downhill. And I'm, I'm psyched to, this is the one event I did it in 2019 I actually won the, the first one. Which surprised me um, a light flex there yeah okay. yeah light light flex flexing a little bit and then it was canceled due to covid last year i had a heli trip lined up um for a while and it ended up being the same day i had to leave the day before the event so i missed that last year's uh event which is the same venue as this uh this this year in cornice 2 area c2 and then um yeah i'm gonna go up in about a couple hours and and um kind of just uh meet everybody there we have an athlete meeting and then tomorrow's inspection and then it's on and you're gonna compete this year and you're claiming yeah. a win. are you claiming a win right now hell yeah <laughs> no i, I love that if, if i could be top five 
if I could be top five, I'd be stoked. I mean, That's if awesome. I put it all together, I, I bet I could be top three. But there's there's two guys I know that are in that are will definitely outshine me big time in, in the skiing. Okay. Um, Who but, are those people? Uh, Xander Goldman, kid's 22. He's um, he's like just dominated the Tahoe Junior Freeride Series. I've skied with him a bunch. I mean, he's going to be – he can flip, spin, hand drags, like all kinds of – you know, he could pull sevens like no problem <laughs> in, in crazy lines, you know. So he's gonna he'd be my pick to win it, Xander Goldman. Yep. And then um Connery Lundine. Oh yeah. Connery's local ripper as well. Yeah. You know, filmer, like just he's got all the tricks in the bag. And both these kids are insane shape. So and you know, I've got a lot of years on these guys. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my my thing is just I wanna be, you know, in the hunt, like in the mix with them and just put down some fun some fun lines, you know, skiing and, and, uh, just watch what everybody else can do. And I'm definitely yeah. going to be fighting, you know, on the way up. And <laughs> all that. I think at best I, going back to 19, I was behind JT Holmes and I saw, <laughs> he saw him. I started creeping up on him. I started slapping my tips on his tails, kind of annoying him a little bit on the way up and, <laughs> and then put a little burst of speed on. And he had no idea who it was because you're kind of in a tight pack. You take off and, right. and there's, there's 40 of you, you know, going. And, um, I came up to him, I kind of clacked my, my pole on his pole. I could tell him he didn't like that because kind of throwing you out of your, you know, your, yeah, you're in the zone. And then I get up and I just like, kind of knock elbows with him. He's like, what the fuck, you know? And, and looks over and just sees who it is. He's like, oh God, you know, and (laughs) and we battled for a while. And, uh, that's just kind of the fun stuff. Like. I'll mess with my friends a little bit. I won't mess with anybody I know because, you know, just who knows how they're going to take it. But it's, it's, it's part of like a mental game too. And, and you're just, it's like moto for me. I race moto. And if you get by somebody, you're trying as hard as you can to drop them as fast as you can, because you want to break them. Right. right? If you give them a chance where they can get back at you, then it's like really on. And um, so it's a mental game out there. Physically, it's going to be torture, but there's, there's a lot of mental <laughs> aspects too. And I think that's what I've learned of my, you know, career skiing and I was never one to start stuff, but you know, if somebody, you know, brought something on, then I was, I would fire me up even more. So that'll be cool. But you know, then there's like, I don't know a lot of the other names on the list and there's some, I bet there's some sleepers and we could be surprised by just somebody I don't know. That's a, just a total charger and willing to take, you know, all the risk, it just, it's been like training for it. who knows. So that's the best part about competition. And, and, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm going to try my best, but I'm just, I'm going to have them I'm down, just have fun and see what these other guys and girls can, can, uh, to do, you know, it's can, can do out there. It's just one of those fun aspects, like rooting each other on and, and, um, battling with them at the same time. For sure. Yeah, I I think the event's amazing. There's like really nothing like it. It's uh, it's very cool. And so this is actually one of the more important things I think I wanted to ask you for people that are looking at this from the outside. Like, what is what's best case scenario for gear, right? Because a traditional race, you're like, okay, I want or a schema race, you're like, I want the lightest gear. I want to be in fucking tights, and I want to sprint up as fast as I possibly can, and then ski down. Okay, right. I imagine here is like some kind of balance where you want a medium lightweight ski because you're sending free ride stuff afterwards, but like you need something lightweight enough that you can actually get uphill. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I'd say, I mean, you could stack more points on um, on the downhill. And so right. it's, it's all about the performance on the way down. And this okay. crowd, there's no schemo guys coming out for this. Like, they have no Right, chance, right, right. You yeah. know, um, <laughs> with that equipment and all that. So, I mean, a good schemo athlete that can ski would definitely be competitive. Um, but they'd have to have, you know, the equipment for the downhill. And so I got – my step is uh, I get the shift binding, atomic shift binding on a 100 underfoot Maverick is what I'm yep. going to run. And so – I have a 107 as well that uh, I'm just, it's just, you know, like you said, I'm going to save a little weight going with, with a 100. Uh, right. I actually ski on that the most, um, most days out of the year anyways. And the shift binding to me is just, it's really reliable. Um, it's a strong Alpine binding that has, you know, shifted over to, um, you know, skin mode with the pins. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I've never been a fan of like the, really like uh just pin binding toe there's like yeah. too much torsional flexion and it's and, terrifying uh, yeah and it's just i mean you gotta fully lock it in if something happens i'm skiing one right now by the way and i'm like <laughs> i skied big j yesterday on one and i'm like losing my heel out of it and i'm like amazing like this is perfect. yeah yeah i mean you gotta go with the, like the most burly like you know heel and then you gotta fully lock the toe otherwise for I mean, sure with some of these landings these errors like come out so i bet i bet most competitors are gonna have you know, either the shift binding or some equivalent as yeah. opposed like the, uh, especially the ones that are charging, you know, for the, the free ride lines down as right. opposed to the, the pin binding up front. But I'd rather, you know, the way I look at it too is I'd rather work a little harder uphill to have confidence on the downhill. So I'm going to go with yeah. a heavier setup and, and not try and trim weight down. Right. I think that's, uh, I think that's the move. And I think you would know best since you won the last yeah, one. Yeah, but it's so, cool. Or you I mean, won we, one, two ago. Yeah, I mean, we have it's all um, it's, it's four different categories men and women, snowboard and ski. Obviously, you just compete against your individual category, but events when you have ski and snowboard and men and women together, I think are the best. I mean, as a ski racer, they're, they're so separated, but um, that's what I did with my bonsai tour. I had the same kind of setup and I wanted to have girls and guys out there, and, and just it's fun to you know, share the, the stoke and the, and, and the competition with others that you don't normally ski with and, and see what, you know, what's possible, what they're doing. So it's, there's only 80 competitors. There's a huge wait list for men's ski. It sold out like an hours and then same as men's snowboard. And, and they don't have, uh, I think they have like 15 or 16 women. And so it's 20 per category. Yeah. And so the, and then snowboard split is like, for the women's a little smaller as well. So they'll take all those extra spots and be able to stack a few more snowboarders in, a few more like men's skiers in to the mix. So we'll have probably like 25 or more men's ski for this. And, and um, yeah, it'd be, it's, it's definitely be competitive. There's a lot of great competitors. You can't underestimate anybody out there. You never know. For sure. But they can pull for sure. off. Um, cool. Um, well, I'm psyched to see it. I'm psyched to watch. Um, why don't we tell people where they can find it, where they can watch and where they can find you on social media, where they can find you online. I also saw that you you were doing some, um, for ski racing media, you were doing some like kind of how to videos and all that kind of stuff. So if that's anything you want to push, like feel free, this is your time. 
Yeah, well, I think uh, anybody that's interested in racing, we're doing this really fun, like, American Downhiller podcast. That's been cool. with uh, host Doug Lewis, who is a uh, U.S. ski team downhiller in the 80s. And AJ Kitt, my mentor, pretty much, and my teammate when I first made the team. Um, and then Marco Sullivan, myself. And we have guests on. We've had Ryan Cochran Siegel, who got the Super G at the Olympics. Or Silver, sorry, at the Olympics in Super G. We've had Breezy Johnson on, who... Was our, was our top downhill female athlete in the Olympics and had an injury and we had surgery. And that was a pretty tough one. Like we had her on a couple, like a day before she went in for surgery, like a couple of days out before the Olympics and pretty, you know, crushing for sure. And so we try yeah. to bring athletes in and, and, um, we have, you know, a few others have been on actually, uh, Bryce Bennett, right from here from hometown palisade Tahoe won dogger dana we had him on after the yep. his win so it's really cool you know so i say anybody that's interested in ski racing we give sort of some background stories Tommy mo was on uh a week ago for the capitial races but then like you know just trying to pick apart the downhill and what's going to make somebody ski fast on the hill and and anything that's kind of in the news we cover so that's that's been something fun to do and i've done yeah like you said i've done a few um ski racing tips for ski racing media and also some like ski tuning tips for side cut tools and and yep. just try, trying to like uh, just be involved in a lot of different stuff and and um i guess the only social media that i touch really is my instagram and it's just my name darren ralves and then for rebel raid i guess uh check out just palisades tahoe um instagram I'm sure they'll be showing some some clips there and then Red Bull or Red Bull Snow as well. Yeah. But uh, there's a, well. I just dropped a uh, an edit from last year, which they, which they did was pretty cool. So that's on my Instagram right now. It's the top post. I just saw that. Love that. And that kind of gives a good feel of like what it's all about. And I think the one change we're going to make this year is it's going to be more Le Mans style. So we're going to have skis and snowboards like 200 feet away. And we're going to have to yep. sprint up to them, pull our skins out of our backpacks, slap the skins on. And then go. Whereas in the past, it's been running with your all your equipment, and stop and pass a line and putting it on. Right. So it'll make it. I mean, it could get, it could get a little more messy because stuff could be scattered around up there, and who knows what they're gonna do. But um, you know, it's just it's a fun event, and it's gonna showcase. There's gonna be some serious competition, and showcase some some pretty awesome um, skiing you know, skills. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some big tricks and that kind of train and really looking forward to myself just putting out a smooth, clean, fast run. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, my, my, my deal is, okay, I'm looking for some technical, maybe a good air and just skiing fast, good turns. And, and I got some stuff like just in mind, but I'll in inspection tomorrow morning, I'll dial it all in and, and see how the snow conditions are. We could be, we could have a little more snow, some, some drier snow it's been pretty warm and wet yeah. so we'll see what happens up there like there's there's definitely a line that you'd want to take when the conditions are good and fast and there's a different line you want to take when it gets a little sticky you know because some of the landings in the wrong spot can just pull your feet from from out from underneath you and you can be plugging your head into the snow so we want to try and avoid that for sure yeah i would imagine so but, um, but it's, it's going to be rad. I'm, I'm stoked. And, and uh, there's a lot of hype and people are talking about it. It's been kind of buzz that's been going through town and, and uh, it's, it's been growing and we have an athlete meeting today at four o'clock. So 
it'll be, yeah, that'd be good to see everybody out there. I, I love it. I'm psyched to watch, and uh, and I hope it goes as well as possible for the event and for you. So good luck tomorrow, Thanks, and uh, and I'm sure people will uh, will be psyched to tune in. Right on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, have fun out there, Jay, and and uh, shit. When you make it to Tahoe, hit me up. I'll hit you up. I'll hit you up for sure. We'll make a turn or two. Love to. Yeah, love to show you around. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Cool. Steven Nyman, tell people a little bit about yourself. Tell people who you are, um, and then we'll kind of go from there. Uh, I'm Steven Nyman. I am a downhill ski racer on the U.S. ski team. I'm the oldest person on the U.S. ski team. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no, no. Well, at least Alpine racer. Nick Baumgartner is older than me. He just got a gold medal. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but uh, but I'm, um, I'm the oldest Alpine skier, and I think I'm build us ever alpine skier on the us ski team so it's kind of cool you're 40 uh a few world cup wins 11 world cup podiums and uh still going still love it yeah um any father of two <laughs> any end in sight uh i don't know i don't i, I after vengen this year i was like dude i'm done this is <laughs> i just got kicked in the nuts hard and i'm just like over it and but I, I thought I'd, I, this this year was it was a big ask to come back this year. I was of myself, I should say, um, and to 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 I sorry to preface that I tore my Achilles the year prior, yeah, and missed um, the whole season, and uh, everything was cut short, and we couldn't really train with COVID and all that, and I just there was basically a lot to ask to come back to such a high level and um, it, w- it would be tough. And I knew it'd be frustrating, but it was extremely frustrating for a while trying to dial in the equipment, regain that confidence. Like once I got up to speed, I was just like, what am I, what am I doing? I got to break a bunch of rust off here yeah. to feel comfortable going that fast. And uh, uh, I did. And um after Ving and I, I kind of, I had some good stuff, but it was out of like sheer will, um, before Bormio and Vengen and then Vengen just was like, so brutal. I had good training runs and then the race was just like so bad, but then I just brought it all back together. Kitzbühel had a couple good races, regained some confidence, um, but wasn't able to get to the Olympics, didn't qualify. So I had a bunch of time off. And then had some decent stuff in Cavifil at the end of the year as well, but not enough to qualify for finals. But uh, I was mulling some stuff over in my head, and I want to keep going. That's it's great. It. You want to keep rolling. That's amazing. I, I love that. I don't think there's any reason yeah. to quit unless you want to quit, you know? Oh, God, you're frozen. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, that, oh, am I back? You're back. That's my Wi-Fi here. I'm on deck, so... That's okay. You're on deck, so medium Wi-Fi. Maybe I'll go in my kid's room. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, there's a lot of stuff that go into play, and it's mainly like my family. Yeah. Can I pick up my family and I move to Europe all winter, and uh, I I'll get you some better Wi-Fi. <laughs> anyway, the Wi-Fi is pretty crappy out here anyway. So, and the TV's running, so that's eating up a lot of Wi-Fi. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Um, 
by the way, I'm feeling good because Colby, he was kind of a junk show in the back of his, uh, his interview with you. So, yeah. Oh, he was a mess. I, I'm feeling okay about my junk show right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the beginning, I didn't even start recording until so long. Like I literally talked to him for an hour before and probably two hours afterwards because like, he was just like on a fucking, ra- which is amazing. Like I love, I love, I'm so down for that, but it was just hilarious. <laughs> he's like showing me, he's like in his car, like showing me his car, giving me a tour of his house beforehand. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> it's it's amazing um it's great colby colby make your movie dude yeah dude. maybe i'll talk to maybe i'll talk to redford he's he could back it dude, it's great i i'm in i think this is amazing i think he should resurrect anything he wants to do that dude is uh he's got some talent i just it's just whether Super he has talented. the interest it's just whether he has the interest and that's kind of the point that i'm making with you is like if you want to keep doing it keep doing it right yeah and and i believe like physically i feel good um, I feel like I've broken down some good mental barriers. I feel like I can uh, compete. Like I had a, a lot Kvitfil. I had top ten splits except for one or two every run, and they'd be like fifty sixth and thirty seventh. And um, same with Kidspiel. I had some really fast stuff except for one section. And um, if I clean those up, I'll be in the top ten. Yeah. And and I showed a lot of speed. So. That gave me a lot of confidence, uh, and I just I love the puzzle. I love what ski racing is like all, all the intricate little parts, the equipment, the dialing that in, the, the building yourself up physically, the whole process of uh, creating this this thing, um, this being that's able to tackle what you want to tackle. Um, you just have that that picture in your head, and you gotta work toward it and that's just it's it's enjoyment and then you have that 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 opportunity to express yourself on the world stage and and yeah. by ski racing by um every weekend knowing okay am i ready can i do this or just putting forth your best effort it, it could be the best in the world it could be 20th you know but um it's it is what you work for and that's just a rare opportunity and to be around a bunch of guys that are all seeking the same thing to be to maximize their their abilities and right. uh, it's just like high-end uh mentality and and high-end functioning and everybody's super critical and hard on themselves but um we have a good time and we're like a brotherhood and and supportive of each other and push each other to different heights so um, yeah it's cool yeah that's amazing how do you enjoy being on that like kind of world stage, like being like in the view of the public? Um, we're mountain people. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> typically uh, we don't really want to, I mean, at least from what I know, a lot of people go to the mountains to kind of avoid that. They're, they're not yeah. seeking that stardom. Um, I don't mind it, but I, it's not something that's, really inundating my life anyway i'm not like a big superstar um i put myself out there i put my family out there it's just tell my story um and and people enjoy it and it's a i mean with social media it's like a good way to just stay in touch with friends as well and i've gained a lot of friends over the 20 years on the u.s ski team so yeah um 20 years it's kind of nuts yeah half my life 
Because I, I was in the start to the, uh, in Italy, we were training um, in Fulgaria. It's our partner over there. And they were, they're the development kids were training with us. This kid, Jay Poulter, who's really good. He's in the start and forgot what, is, what happened. But basically I was like, how old are you? Or he asked me how old I was. Or no, he asked me when I made the US ski team. I was like, 2002. He was like, <laughs> I, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> crazy what is These kids uh, that are going to world juniors are born in 03 and i'm like what? that's nuts what is that like for you like do you do you feel a sense of obligation to like kind of be a mentor for those younger kids that are around or do you just like you're like i want to compete against these younger kids like screw those kids like we're going after them <laughs> just just stomp them into the ground <laughs> um no, I kind of, I, the way I stomp them into the ground is when, when we race, but typically when we're training they're they're kicking my ass. So oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't really bring a lot of intensity into training. Um, the, but we have a, like a mentorship program on the OSKI team okay. to where, um, we're, we're coupled with other kids. Like I have a kid, Jack Smith, who broke his leg last year, but he's good up and comer development kid from Sun Valley. And then we have another kid, uh, uh, Sam Morris, not kid. Um, he's my other mentor or mentee. Cool. And so I'm their mentor and they can just shoot anything off of me, but every, every guy's kind of paired with people and that just helps the team together. But also I just, I like knowing the kids. I like, uh, welcoming new kids in and, and just getting to uh to get to know them and and also they motivate me like they're bringing intensity and and just like a fresh view and i've gone through this so many years in a row to where when they come in and they're like whoa that's cool or look at this or look at that you know and then also just I'd wasted so much time when I was young and I'm just like, dude, don't do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't, but I'm just like, don't do that. Stop wasting your time. Try this, try that. So would um, you have taken that advice at that age? Uh, yeah, I was, I was a little, I was probably a little shy though. Yeah. So, um, look at this dude. I'm like fully sponsored up. Got my cliff, got my spider jacket. <laughs> This is an Didn't ad. do that on purpose, this, this, actually. This podcast is an ad. That's it's fine. <laughs> um, um, go ahead. But but uh, at that age, yes and no. Um, I learned a lot the hard way, just like just trying it out, figuring it out. Yeah. And and but that way, I feel like you just learn better. Right. It's actually in you when you slam into a wall. <laughs> right you definitely don't yeah you yeah. won't forget that nearly as much yeah yeah um can, um, I, can I ask hey, you can I ask you is this really annoying if I answer a text no do your thing do whatever you want dude I don't give a fuck okay sorry my kids I guess she's kind of freaking out in the car and I gotta no do your thing <laughs> tell dude, her you're a parent first and a uh media person second here now all right we're back asking if she had Tylenol <laughs> so i didn't get how many kids off. how many kids do you have just two one and a half and four and a half oh man how how has that experience been like i know you said you're you're working all the time obviously and your wife's working all the time like what how do you balance all that um if it weren't for nannies it wouldn't be 
possible. But um, <laughs> the so I mentioned briefly earlier, I, I moved the family to Europe. Um, usually December through March, they're over there. We rent an apartment. Um, we rent our house out over here, and and just live the life over there. Like you know, the guys that jet home and they're home over New Year's. That's they're home for five days and they come back and they're jet lagged again. You know, I'd rather just stay over there and hit up St. Anton, go to Italy, right? Um, go to Switzerland, just check stuff out, enjoy it. Um, it's I like being around my family. I like how it takes me out of the game and it also helps me see like what's important you can easily just get so wrapped up and um so wrapped up in your results and and skiing and 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 it's just a good way to check out um but also just being over there and living life and um experiencing what they have to offer over there like when I'm done, I want to, I want to bring, I want to bring some of that lifestyle over to the U S. Um, and I, I love the huts. I love the alms. I love, uh, hiking up or skiing over to hiking, touring to some alm and then rolling back down or whatnot. Have you ever rolled? No. What is that? Have you been over there? No, no. I'm trying to get Fisher rodling? to bring me next year, but like, I have no idea what that even means. Rodel is rodels like, these sleds um and they're they're pretty high off the ground like they're like i don't know a foot off the ground okay and these big wooden runners and and uh then metal on the bottom they have like competitions they have tracks over there where you can time yourself and they ice (laughs) them up and guys wear like spikes on their shoes it's like extreme sledding and uh i actually bought a few of them and i brought it back to the states (laughs) this year but these things fly and uh what was my whole point anyway uh anyway <laughs> people go up to these alms they hike up to these alms which are just like these little huts in the woods and um sometimes you can ski off the side of the resort to them sometimes they're in the middle of the resort and you just eat good food or sometimes people get a little wasted and <laughs> ruddle down <laughs> it's like there's no there's no there's no sign in a waiver. There's no nothing like that. It's just like, oh yeah, have your beer. Here's your rodel. Leave it at the bottom of the hill. Oh my god, <laughs> that's insane. And they groom the track, and like people are flying. There's no fence into the woods. It's just like, here's your track and have fun. One time we were in the uh, Schladming, and it was the end of the year, and we all, I forgot why we were there, but we all went up and we were rodeling down. We thought it was like fine at night and we ripped around this corner and I was like, oh, that's the ski run. That'd be sweet. And I just busted off and there was like six groomers side by side right there. And I had to like lace it between these few groomers, like ripping up the run. So I almost got clobbered there. People are idiots. I'm an idiot sometimes too. Do you think, (laughs) do you think the lack of some of those regulations actually like allows people to have some more self-responsibility? Because I think that is a problem that we have here is that there's so many regulations for everything in skiing in in anything right like there's a waiver for everything like literally everything that you do there's a there's a waiver that you got to sign right and i think totally it it seems like over there they've got it figured out to a point where like okay like you're responsible for yourself right exactly exactly i mean there's there's a lot of warning and whatnot but like 
we're like in Innsbruck, we're surrounded by, that's where we live over there all winter. We're surrounded by 10 Grand Tetons and, and people are dying every couple days because they're out there touring and it's like, well, another guy died, you know? That's Um, insane. And it's just, it's, it's part of it. And skiing on the resort, it's like, you go off piste, you're responsible and, and it's all over. And that's why it costs, you can go ski St. Anton, in my opinion, one of the best in the world resorts, 60 bucks. But to go ski in the U.S. right now, 250 bucks, Dude, it's yeah. all it's all because of that. And so um, it's it's lawyers and litigation. And oh, it's, it's it just I think that's what's ruining or making the cost of skiing in the U.S. so high. Yeah, I guess it's probably an okay time to talk about this. I mean, what uh, what are your feelings on like these kind of mega passes that exist? Because I think people exist on both sides of the coin where they're like, it's awful, right? They're forcing the daily user out of the situation, right? And kind of out of the picture. But there's also another camp that's like, okay, it's making skiing more affordable overall, right? Because your cost per visit goes down, right? So I guess what what are your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, the, the, their whole approach is the passes are, are cheaper. They're going to come to Park City. They're going to come to Vail. They're going to come to uh, wherever and spend that money in lodging and food. And, and that's where they're going to make their coin because it's, it's crazy. It's expensive to go For to sure. these lodges and eat there. But um, it's actually ski. I think it's, it's a decent thing. People complain it's crowded. Yeah. But it's it's crowded because there's the US resorts, they 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 start at the bottom and they go up like this. Like in right. Europe, it's like here's the peak of the mountain and it goes down and, and you can access the resort anywhere around. There's a lot of people that ski in Europe and those runs are chaotic, man. There's so many people out there. Really? Um it's just like parking's hard. It's access is hard but it's, it's tough in park city um for that that point but i think i think all in all it's better i think the passes are better i think it yeah. gives people access to skiing helps the industry tremendously i mean sales are through the roof my family had a ski shop and the past few years it's just been through the roof we've, we've broken all our records and uh i i i, I but what's wild though is like with Corona and and Europe, not this year but the year prior, like they shut everything down. Completely they they didn't down, yeah. have any sales. Right. And then, right. <laughs> but over here we're like, dude, it's sick. Everybody's this is like record breaking, blah yeah. blah blah. So, um. Anyway, do do you know what's wild right now is Ukraine, like the whole war. Yeah. Fisher's Fisher's biggest factory is in ukraine i I don't know if you heard that yeah i'm aware i like wasn't sure if i was going to talk about this or not but like yeah that's that's insane obviously a major concern yeah i was i was talking to our race guy well the factory burned down like two years ago and then they rebuilt it now it's like the -the state-of-the-art best factory in the world and now it's shut down and people are all at war and it's just sad man it's wild it's extremely sad um yeah, our, our race director's like, yeah, I don't I don't really know the budget. I don't know what the commitments are. We're, we'll learn a lot in the next weeks. So I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah. It, it means but, a lot for shipping skis and getting product. Like that's a, uh, it, it's not really talked about very much, but it definitely affects, and it affects more than just Fisher too, right? It affects everything. No, that's they, they make that factory makes so many skis for the other brands. Exactly. As well. So, um, yeah, time will tell. Yeah. I hope that gets sorted sooner than later. Like it seems like it's, I don't know. Like another every- wild fact though, Russia, Fisher basically provides Russia with all their skis for like their military yeah. and their, um, like that's, I, I, I don't think they'd ruin the factory. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so that's the one safe zone. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's, but I mean that we're laughing about it, which is, it's sad, but it's like, it's extremely it's sad more important like things that, than the ski industry. For sure. It like doesn't, yeah. it, nothing matters when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's like, I read an article about like a little girl losing her arm and being like, I, I don't think they wanted to hurt me. I think, and I'm just like, this kind of shit is crazy to me that this exists, but it's a real topic of conversation that like, yeah, it does affect the ski industry, right? Because that's what affects our livelihood, like both you and I, right? Is like because that that's yeah. important. I mean, it's it's definitely an important aspect of it. But we're uh, we're not at war yet, so it'll be. I mean, hopefully, we'll just hope for the best. Yeah. What else exactly. can we do at this point? I mean, it's like it, there's only so much I think everybody can do. Mm-hmm. But. Wild stuff, man. Yeah, it's insane. Anyway, let's get on to uh, some some more positive. Yeah, topics. for sure. Um, can I? Here's a more positive topic for you. How are you so jacked? Can we talk about this for a second? Why are you? So, I like was just on your website a minute ago, and there's like you have a fucking like eight pack, like jacked as shit. Why do you need to be jacked to ski race? Like, tell me what the what is the story? Here? That's what's so cool about <laughs> ski racing. I mean, you got like Bayat Foyts, who's this little bowling ball <laughs> and you look at him and you're like dude that guy's the best in the world are you kidding me and then <laughs> and then you have like me and then you have bryce bennett who's like three inches taller than me in a bean pole it's it's <laughs> we all have our our uh our strengths and our weaknesses and like bad he never gets out of balance he's he's low center of gravity yeah um he has he has the weight and that momentum but I have the height. I can put on more weight and have more momentum, but I, I, I get knocked out of balance a lot. I have that leverage, and if I use the leverage properly, I can I can carry some and generate some serious speed. But I make a lot more mistakes, so um, it's it's cool in that sense to where you just see people of all shapes and sizes coming down all within a, a second of each other, and uh, and it's just maximizing yourself. Kind of like I said earlier, but, um, me, I enjoy that process. I enjoy, I enjoy the working out. Um, I've, my strengths actually like people are like, Oh man, you're so strong. I'm, I'm not that strong. Like these guys <laughs> lift so much weight. I look strong, but I'm, I'm really good at endurance. And maybe that's why I look shredded because yeah. I do a lot of endurance and just body fat's low. But, um, I found out over the years, if I don't do that endurance, uh, I don't react well. My body falls apart. So um, I just need to need to maintain like the, the, the biking and the hiking, and running in the mountains and, and jogging and whatnot. And then I do lift, but I'm more of like heavier weight over a lot of reps instead of like one to five reps max, you know. Got it. That's not my thing. Got it. It's especially at this old age. <laughs> 
Well, I don't think you're old. You're 40. You're not 100. So, first of all, like, let's get that out of the way. Um, Tom Brady's 44 and unretiring, okay? So, it's like everything's so cool. fine. You fired me up, man. Dude, it's so – I was going to ask you about that, too. Like, that's an insane – I'm not done talking about the shredded thing. But, like, the, I am very much, like, blown away by the fact that he was like, yeah, I'm going to retire. Spent two months at home and was like, fuck all this. I'm I'm, I'm playing. I'm not done. I, I want to keep going. Yeah. This honeydew list is too long, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's amazing. Zell. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, have you thought about doing a Johnny Collinson style workout video? I mean, that seems to be going pretty well for him. Johnny, I know. He puts he puts a lot into that. Um Dude, he's crushing all these Instagram ads for it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I get an ad once a week for, a, and I'm sure we're both going to get five Instagram ads as soon as we hang up this call for a Johnny Collins and workout video, um, which is hilarious, but it's got to be something that like, I don't know. Have you thought about exploring that? Because it's a real way to make money. Um, yeah, I guess in a sense I could, I could do some stuff like that. Um, after I tore my Achilles, have you heard of Tonal? No. It's like. It's this cool uh, mounted on your wall. It has these two arms that come off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's yeah. like a you can have like a video coach and stuff. And Got they wrote it, yeah. me to maybe write some programs and coach on that. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, when I'm that's done. That like, that's like that next gen type <laughs> stuff, right? Like that's yeah. like the thing that's like a TV on your wall and it's got all the, like the bands and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I, well, I wrote them and I was like, hey, can you guys help me with your your – because like Corona hit and gyms were closed and everything. I'm like, you guys help me out. And they sent me a machine. <laughs> I, I posted on Instagram and people write me. They're like, dude, how did you get a machine? Like LeBron doesn't even get these machines. I guess he was asking for one and didn't even get one. But I knew somebody was an investor in the company and he gave me a name. And I, whatever, I got one. And so That's amazing. <laughs> they're, they're sweet though. It's wild. It's like all electric. So every like when you when you're lifting and you have momentum with the weight that makes it much easier like this is the constant force all the way through the full range of motion so this thing beats you up it's really cool and it's not just lifting like you can do yoga and pilates and dance like i'll turn the dance on and my kids will just sit there and dance and watch the ladies so um it's, it's a little entertainment for them as well but uh it's just like right in your living room and and uh you have your own little like strength training coach and you have 40 minutes you can pick a 40 minute workout and if you only have 20 minutes you can do a 20 minute workout but it just keeps you uh engaged and and i mean life's gotten weird the past couple of years yeah no kidding <laughs> like, no we're, kidding like, we're full-time but we're like full-time at home so we're just like dancing around each other all day long <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm pretty over the situation that we're it, like I'm, I'm done. I'm like I need to get back to a regular existence as soon as possible. I'm so with you, yeah. It's I'm pretty much there. But I'm, yeah, I'm like pretty much there. But I had COVID last week, and I'm like, God, dude, when does it? And it was bad. Like I had it uh, two, three months ago. Literally 91 yeah. days after I had it the first time, I felt nothing the first time, and then this time I was like, it's like somebody kicked me in the face repeatedly for days on it. Like it literally was awful. And I'm just like, when does this stop? <laughs> Oh man, it's I, uh, so brutal. That we got to Norway, and I got off the plane, and it was like, like the U.S. is all masked, whatever, all the way here. And then you get off the plane, and 
it's just like they have no restrictions there right now and it says beautiful women no masks and i'm just like yes it's so nice just psyched i yeah that's uh we'll we'll get there soon i think we're we're trending in the right direction hopefully i didn't just restart a Uh, i just read an article that's like i guess europe's starting to ramp up again i'm like great oh my god (laughs) dude i'm so sick of it um (laughs) yeah anyway again here we are back on the negative um can we talk about real quick your injury when you did your achilles did you have you had surgery i assume yes did you i did this i did this interview with nikolai Shermer a few months ago when he tore his achilles and he didn't have surgery at all and he's mm-hmm. back skiing now. And I'm just like, I'm so confused about like, why did they give you the option to not have surgery at all? Or was that like, that seems It crazy. just matters if, if it's fully ruptured or not is yeah. the, the big thing. Like yeah, mine his, was, was, his was fully ruptured. He had a two centimeter gap, I guess, between his, like between his fucking Achilles. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's basically just a bunch of spaghetti. And if they, if they, if it's like mine went up into my calf Ugh. and so they have to like fish it out and pull Ugh. it down. And then they, and then they here, hold this between my legs there we go. and then they get it all and they just like weave it all together. And then your foot's Ugh. pointed like this. And over time you just slowly stretch it back to where it is. Ugh. The, the likelihood of you getting that uh, elasticity and rebound back in the Achilles is low if you don't have surgery okay if you have surgery it'll it it'll come back um better if you rehab it well so um hold on what now okay you can watch peppa pig (laughs) (laughs) i'm on a call okay um i love that (laughs) yes you can watch peppa pig (laughs) Um, yeah, it was, no, you have to watch Peppa Pig because I'm, <laughs> I'm on call. She wants me to switch back to bubble guppies. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then, then your foot's like pointed and then you slowly like start cranking it up and, and stretching it back to where it is while gaining that strength. Luckily skiing, you, you can ski pretty quick actually. Yeah. Um, skiing at my level it's hard like just that consistent force through your toe right over a two minute two and a half minute long course on ice and stuff like that especially condition wise actually skiing is actually the best rehab for it because you have that long isometric pressure through your toe and you're and you're basically in like a cast so um if you're skiing on smooth stuff and you're not getting those like abrupt hits it's great uh my first i tore my other one actually in 2011 and um i tore it in november and i was skiing by february so yeah that's it was just insane just easy skiing but it's you you take two three runs and you're you take it to where you're just dead and tired yeah and it took two three runs and you're just like whoa i can't do anything anymore but that's just like the best thing you take it to the limit relax huh. eat some good food get some good rest and do it again and that's the process <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it was so weird. It was the first time I heard anybody say this, like, because he was like, "Look, this is what they had me do. It was two centimeter gap. Like, they they did the same deal. They fished it out, 
And they literally, like, they put him in a boot like this, and his fucking Achilles just went like this and, like, just... Just, like, wiggled his way back wiggled together. wiggled his way back together. And he was skiing yeah. a month ago, and he did it end of October. And I was like, this is insane. Like, th- it's so crazy to me that somebody... And he's, like, it's not like he's skiing, like, you know, flat groomer runs. Like, he's back in the mountains, like, doing insane shit kind of and i'm just like this is so so i don't know and i, I in october november december january and that's good yeah six months that's crazy the yeah. guy there's the guy uh maro cavietzel who was the best super juice here uh two years ago two or three years ago he tore his achilles right before me and he was back last year and won i think he won the first super g back like that's insane. and it was six or seven months in and i was like dude i got this and then I got it in season. I'm like, I don't got this. <laughs> I don't feel as easy as I as I did when I was 27 or whatever I did my first one. So, well, it's good to yeah. be, good to hear that it works well, and it's like you're feeling well. Like that's the one that I it, I'm the most scared of. Like I played basketball in high school and a little bit in college, and like I I remember watching like Kobe Bryant tear his Achilles, and then like he was never the same after that, right? And I'm just like, yeah terrified of that right because i'm just like that motion will never come back but i guess you make a good point in the ski boot thing it's like actually probably the best rehab for it so maybe you should yeah, skied. yeah but like i'm i'm at a place to where i'm fine i think but give me one more summer and i'll be i'll be really good okay it was it was it was hard the first summer last summer it was like it was getting there but i think now for the full summer to where i can I actually have good endurance in there now and yeah. I can run and do things in the mountains that, uh, that will really build that up. I think that'll take my skiing to the next level for, uh, the years to come. So for sure, there's, yeah. there's some positivity. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> years to come. I like that. Um, all right. Last, mm. last couple things I, uh, I want to ask you about, um, is basically just brand relationship stuff and then you can go watch Peppa Pig. Um, what, what has it been like working with some of the brands that you work with? Because, I mean, you've been with Fisher and Spider and Cliff for quite a while now. Uh, like, what? Mm-hmm. how do you maintain those relationships? What do you think the best thing that you've done to kind of, like, keep yourself, like, as a relevant athlete for these brands? Um, Fisher, so I started with Fisher in 2002. Um, I was K2 before that. I kind of killed K2's race program. I, I won World Juniors on uh, Fisher, but K2 thought I was on K2, and they're all fired up. And I was given a pair of their skis before, actually, the 2002 Olympics, and I was on the Park City ski team. My former coach, Mike Day, who now coaches Michaela Schifrin, he was coaching Bodie at the time. He was like, dude, try these skis. And I was like, I'm a god. I, like, it totally <laughs> felt like a god. And I, I made – I was in like 90 stretch pants. I didn't have much money. Um, I was in like 90 stretch pants. I had an old downhill suit that I cut the bottom off because it's full of holes and a backwards hat. And I, I won world juniors because I, I was picked as a discretionary pick to go. And I ended up winning the thing. And everybody's like, who is this kid? Um, <laughs> but it was, it was because I was given these skis. And I was like, wow, that's what a really good ski feels like. And I just felt invincible. Um, and ever since then, um, Siggy, who is still the race director there, he drove out of the way, gave me the skis, and, and basically like threw them at me. And was like, "You, you ruined my holiday." 
you go. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, thanks, man. You know, appreciate <laughs> and it. And then, uh, and then he called me and he's like, I am so sorry. That was very worth it. Good job. <laughs> and now we're like good buddies still. Um, but it's like relationships like that. Uh, and, and in 2006, I was offered full service. Full service is a, a ski technician who travels with me wherever I go uh, around the world um, when I'm ski racing. And he, he's an Italian guy, Leo Musi. And he's been with Fisher forever. He was with Christian Godina before me. And now he's with me and Bryce. And, uh, and we, I mean, that I think, He's like my dad. He's like my European dad. He's, uh, I've spent more time with him over the past 16 years than I have with my dad. Um, and we just have a good relationship. It's just something that I, I, I can't let go. He'd probably be the main reason. Um, but it's just those relationships you foster over the years. Um, the, the history, the, the love, I don't know. I, 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 I love, they stuck with me through some dark times. Um, I, I ramped up quick. I won quick on the World Cup. Uh, on my second year on the World Cup, I had a win. And yeah, by the third year, I had three podiums. And uh, then, well, sorry, send a voicemail. There we are. We're back. Um, <laughs> let me put that silence thing on. Uh, and so, they 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 where was i <laughs> <laughs> just relationships and like how it's bad oh. anyway it's it's oh then i then i went through some dark times like I, I i ramped up i won quick and then i just like dropped off and really wasn't skiing well but they stuck with me and believed in me mm. and um we ramped back up and i had another eight podiums and uh two wins and a lot of history after that, after those dark years and, and everybody basically bailed on the company. And I was one of the few left with the speed skis. Um, the tech skis were still good, but with that opportunity, I got to build whatever I wanted. I got to be like, all right, this is what I see. This is where I'm really good. We tore apart all the splits. Like I was really fast on flat glidey stuff, but any side hill glidey stuff i just lose so much time and so we looked at the skis and saw the tip was pretty wide we made that skinnier um changed different aspects looked at other companies what they were building and and kind of integrated some stuff into our skis and uh now i think we have a really good product and just to be a part of that, that build up from ground zero instead of just being like oh your stuff's not good i'm bailing to the next thing that's good mm. um you tend you tend to see that uh to where there's everybody's like oh man these guys are fast on rosy we're hopping over there and then they get over inundated with this request and then the quality control goes down so everybody jumps over to atomic and then they go to head and then it's like it's it, it's cool to stay with a brand and to uh lay that foundation with them and know and know what you're on and believe in it and really uh push with it so yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that kind of loyalty doesn't exist very much in in skiing or in any professional sport. So it's it's very cool to see. And I think I think you're right. Right now, I mean, they're making incredible skis, and I think people have heard me talk about this ad nauseum. And it's just they make they make good stuff, and that's uh, that's been a constant for sure. Um, last it's, thing, it's go ahead. What's actually cool is the way 
like I've been invited to free ski trips with them. Um, I've got to know a lot of their European athletes and also like Kyle Smain and Lindsay Dyer. I, I mean, I grew up with Lindsay Dyer, but um, I got to really spend time with them and talk about the free ski skis. Like the new Ranger is really cool. Fire, and it was yeah. because we all just sat together and we're like, we're the old Ranger was the Watea and Ranger generation one was like really, really good. And then they integrated all this like carbon and race kind of stuff into it. And we're like, no, 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 no. Like we need just like classic, like bring it back. And that's what the current Ranger is. And it's great. So you can just pause it and go, babe. It's on the couch or it's by the TV. All right. Sorry. I got to help. <laughs> that's okay. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I can talk as we're moving. Yeah. Um, right behind you bed right here here this is my daughter now what's up i know hi guys how are you <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome um yeah, but i, I, I love that and it's meaningful to me and i think it's uh it's just a it's it's it makes things worth it you know yeah i don't know the sport is finite and but it's also that that competitive side of it is. But once once that's over, if you want to stay in the industry, I think things like this pay off. So, for sure, no, dude. I mean, you could go ski, ski, ski for the rest of your life, like, and be relevant. I mean, I think Mike Douglas is setting the bar right now. It's like that dude's gonna be one of the more popular people in skiing until he's a hundred, you know? Like, and he's and he's still sending yeah. it. Like, it's it's insane to me. So. Um, he's definitely kind of shown, and I mean, people like Tom Wallace have shown that like, okay, there's another outlet, you know, you can take after skiing too and still be relevant. Yeah. Even during skiing. Hey, I'll get you a snack in a second. We're almost done. Okay. You have your drink and you can press play and go for it. I'll get you a squeezy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, dude, that's basically everything I had for you. Um, where... Uh, where can people find you on social? Where can people find you on the internet? If people want to follow along, all this stuff, if they want to know about Peppa the Pig adventures and squeezies and all this stuff. Um, where, where? Um, that's, that's the other thing uh, to answer your question as well was like, it can get old. It's like, Oh, I'm racing. Oh, I got plates seven. No, oh, I won. You know, like, is that really that interesting? You know, right. Um, people, ever since i've had a family people enjoy family people enjoy my kids and and they enjoy my ski racing and they enjoy the the coupling of the both um but it's it's just kind of that adventure with the integration of family is is uh, people love it um and so they would just keep popping out more kids <laughs> no i'm done <laughs> two's two's good um but uh yeah, follow me, Stephen underscore Nyman at I think Twitter and and Instagram and Facebook, or might just be Stephen Nyman Facebook. I don't know. I don't really do Facebook. Nobody does. Um, but Instagram goes over there, I guess. Cool. Um, and yeah, uh, what was I going to say? You're not going to ask me about my din. I'm not. Oh, dude, I should ask you about your din. Dude, What's your like, what is your din? Forty. <laughs> like, exactly i want to win i want to win something <laughs> you're like i will loot my knees will fall off my body before my skis come up 
What is uh that's a good call out actually. What what is your din? <laughs> uh I mean when I was back on marker, they, they, I think they went up to thirty, but ours go like to twenty. Ours basically go to like twenty-two or something like that. And when it's race day, like training, I think we run around twenty. What? And then uh, race Fuck. race day, they basically set it all the way to the end, and then just back it off a little bit. <laughs> they crank it all the way down and just back it off a little bit, <laughs> oh so there's a God. little movement. <laughs> Jesus so. Christ. Okay, and that and that releases eventually. At so, I mean, I've obviously well, seen race keys. What is going on right now? Um, I just dropped you. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that's absolutely insane. That's uh, yeah. That's that's high. That's very high. That that scares uh, me. But I'm not racing anybody. So yeah, yeah. don't do that. No. Not recommended. I'm good. Yeah, for all the 11 <laughs> year olds out there that are, you know medium rippers you don't need to be out of 24 or whatever it's like i feel like i need to preface this always when i have this conversation because i know there's a 10 year old listening that's gonna be like mom i need a pivot 18 like if steven diamond's running a 20 whatever i need a pivot 18 it's like the amount of pivot 18s i sell per year that to people who do not ski like who like check the one box or the two box i'm just like your your din's not it doesn't even go low enough to where you need it like you can't ski yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's insane. typically i run a 12 that's all i run for your regular yeah for a regular ski and i never come out of this yeah yeah it's all good no it's all good i love that awesome <laughs> well thank you for the time i appreciate it this was great i'm glad we finally got to do this i feel like it's been like two years we've been trying to do this thing so i'm glad we uh we got this thing all wrapped up cool man nice talking to you, thank you as you well too. talk to you